0: You're
1: a failure.
0: And that's okay. Hi, I'm Dan.
1: And I'm Alicia. And And we're we're failures failures too. too.
0: We take a walk back through people's failures and relive the mistakes they made so we all can have more clarity on how to be a better human. Hello and welcome to the very first live podcast recording for the 2020 Perspective. Alicia, are you excited?
1: I'm so pumped. I'm ready to do this. This is our first live podcast.
0: I know. All of them before we, you know, we sat down with somebody and had a nice conversation. Then we took it back to the shop and edited it down. Now we're we're doing it live. This is going to be great. Um, So this is kind of a brand new way for all of you who are watching this live right now or listening to the recording. It's like this cognitive dissonance right now. Um, This is the start of season three. This is like the beginning, which is like also bananas um, that we're on season three of the 2020 perspective. And we thought that today, the theme really kind of like in line with kicking things off is that, you know, getting it done versus getting it quote right. And you know what? Today, we're going to get it done. So excited. Get her done. So let's. I, I guess we should introduce ourselves for those of you who haven't heard this podcast and or on this Facebook Live right now. Uh, my name is Dan Newman. I run Learn to Scale, which is a coaching program and consultancy for employee engagement professionals. And wow. I'm joined by my podcast co-host...
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Alicia Engel. Um, I am an organizational development consultant and speaker. And um, I am also a co-host of the 2020 Perspective, a podcast about failure or yeah. maybe maybe it's even about resiliency because yeah. we ask people about you know some not so great experiences in their life and then what they learn from it or how they operate differently because of it. And they're very yeah. juicy stories.
0: And so this season, we're going to intersperse these live broadcasts with interviews that we are having with individuals about their failure stories. So don't worry, the 2020 that you know and love is still being produced, but hey, done is better than waiting for it to be right. So let's just do it. <laughs> let's um, do it. Let's do it. So let's kick it off with a little Rosebud thorn. Rosebud thorn. something good, Something you know, something you're looking forward to, and something bad. Mm-hmm. What do you want to start with?
1: Um, I'll start with my my rose. Okay. 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 Um, not work related, but I am leaving to go to Park City tomorrow.
0: Oh, nice! For
1: for a long weekend getaway. Very excited to get some time away and to be in the mountain air and spend some time with um, my people.
0: And what does one do in Park City? Is this like a like a jungle gym or what is it?
1: <laughs> skiing. We're actually going snowmobiling. It's my boyfriend's dad's 60th birthday, so it's actually going to be a weekend of festivities. Oh, cool! Like, lots of fun people eating, drinking, snowmobiling, skiing, all the festivities.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I my yeah. rose. I don't know if it's con- is this is this a bud or a rose because it hasn't happened quite yet, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I was playing with both of those, but I have a good one for Bud, so I just decided to use this as my rose.
0: Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to take it as a Bud because this weekend I'm going to go skiing as well. I'm going to go up to New Hampshire, hit Sunapee, and I haven't gone skiing all season. I haven't gone skiing in like a couple years, but I'm super excited because I used to go skiing every weekend when I was younger. So uh, I am excited to tear up the mountain.
1: Are you? Or Do you do uh, black diamonds? Like what kind
0: of? double blacks yeah dang, that double black dang. life
1: dang oh, gina okay okay well, don't break anything All right.
0: I, I hope not i actually have been doing leg workouts in anticipation so um if anyone's curious which leg workouts i'm doing i can post that out because um, uh, my legs are butter <laughs> right now uh i will put that as my thorn you know what my thorn is i can't walk like a normal Um, I tried going down the stairs to take the dog out and I'm doing that kind of like weird, like turn your hip and kind of like tilt your whole body because I can't actually pull my leg up and (laughs) down. So I'm going to put that in the thorn category. Um, but it might be a someday bud when I'm ripped in the legs.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Love that. Okay. Good for you. I can't wait to hear about your trip. Okay. Well, my, uh, bud is that, you know, this is, I think aligned with the topic of today is just getting something done. And my, my butt is that I actually p- applied for a speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I have my topic. I have my content. I don't have to have it perfect. I'm just going to pull the rip cord and just apply with what I have and what I could talk about right now. Done so is I better than that. quote, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Your life was leading up to this episode.
1: <laughs> it, this week was, Definitely leading up to that episode, so so that's exciting. And I was contacted by a former colleague and friend about a speaking engagement, and she, mm-hmm. um, you know, wants to hire me to talk to her team. So I thought that was pretty cool. There, there could be something happening there. So that's a, a bud. In the well,
0: I am me. wishing the best of bud luck to you that it turns into a beautiful rose and not just an ugly thorn on the inside.
1: Love that. Thank you. Okay. And what's your rose?
0: My rose. So, you know, I've been really worried about some things with with my business about like trying to reach out to new people. And I sat down and I set up a little like to do list using stones in a jar. So I'd like drop a little stone in the jar when I reach out to a stranger, and it's made me so much more confident in reaching out to people and just saying like, "Hey, I like am a human. You're a human. Let's just like human together." And the reception has been way better than I expected. So something that I thought was going to be a thorn turned into a rose.
1: That's wonderful. I'm yeah. proud of you. Good job. And that and, feels like- um,
0: oh, sorry. No, go for it. This I is live. I was just
1: gonna say my my thorn.
0: Yes, what's your thorn?
1: My thorn is, where did February go?
0: I what? think it went to Australia. <laughs> what? I just think it's in Australia right now. Like people were like, February was cool, but it went on vacation.
1: I mean, this month, or last month flew by, and it's already March. And it's just, it makes, it's making me take a pause to say, okay, what have I accomplished so far? Mm-hmm. And what have I not accomplished so far? And in another three months, am I going to be okay with where I am if I continue operating the way I have been? Mm. And the answer is no. <gasps> so
0: a change is coming, <laughs> a bud is starting to form.
1: Yeah. So right. I have to start getting stuff done. Right. So anyway, um, that's my thorn. Where did time get? Oh,
0: well, I, I feel like now is a good time to turn to kind of like the core question of today, which is talking about a time in your life when you're kind of more focused on getting something quote right. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast, I'm doing the scare quotes saying like quote right um, mm-hmm. and delayed getting it done. I mean, my inspiration was, hey, let's do this podcast episode live. And that is something that I think I've been worried about trying to get it right and like getting it, nailing it, but I was just going to get yeah. it done. So tell me a little bit, you know, what are times in your life or a moment in your life or a thing right now that you are grappling with that you are so more focused on getting it quote, right, whatever right looks like mm-hmm. rather than getting <laughs> it done.
1: The first thing, when I first heard this question that the, the the memory or thought that popped into my brain was this looming... For some people, they're just going to scoff at this. But for me, it was just like a daunting exercise that I needed and wanted to build a website for myself. Mm -hmm. And for years, I'm talking years, like two, three years, I was trying to make it myself. And I was going to my little Wix site and I was Mm -hmm. putting things together. And then by the time I actually went back to it and would, you know, update it or try to change it before I launched it. You know, when I'm building it, I would go back to it. And I'm like, well, I need to redo all of this because what happened is I was evolving so quickly that what I was trying to put out there was evolving. Mm -hmm. And I just was not able to push the launch or publish button because I felt like it had to be perfect. It had to completely Mm -hmm. represent Mm -hmm. me. Really, that's part of, your entire brand. I just needed to get it done, have something out there and know that it will evolve as I'm continuing to evolve as, you know, an independent business person. And so, um during COVID last last year, uh earlier on in COVID, I decided, you know what? This is something that is taking me longer than I would like. Uh-huh. And I don't necessarily have all the time in the world to do it. It's taking me mm-hmm. longer than else who does it. This is something I'm just going to pull the trigger on. I'll hire someone to do it and I will do my best to take a snapshot in time of who I am to put on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I did, finally. It took so long for me to do it because I wanted it to be Right. I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to have the all encompassing of Alicia. Well, like, I'm not even at the destination yet. So, like, I can't have a <laughs> website that, like, you know, completely represents me because I'm still working on me. Right.
0: So, lead me through that moment of choice where you admitted to yourself that the pace of getting this thing right was too slow. Mm-hmm. Bring me there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I actually picture myself, a very vivid picture pops up where I'm sitting at a coffee shop in New Orleans, where mm-hmm. I lived before, where I am now, and I'm at a table at like 5.30 in the morning, and you know, I was like the first person to so wake up so early, because I was teaching at like 4.30 a.m. at a, um, a workout place.
0: Oh, wow. I I didn't realize you were teaching that early at a workout place. Yeah,
1: I was teaching super duper early. So I was done by like 530. And then I would work a little bit on my, you know, entrepreneurial endeavors. And I'm sitting at this coffee shop, so early in the morning, staring at a computer, kind of basically going through my experiences, my career experiences, my resume and all things. And thinking that, you know, I've done a good bit at this point, but there's so much more. And I'm trying to like pull it all together and try to tell it, like make it tell a story. And then six months later, I sit down at the same table and I look at it again. I'm like, wow, I've, I've done so much more than this. This is not just it. How do I capture what it is that I do? Mm-hmm. And so fast forward over the last several years, every time I think back to, 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 What do I put out into the world that represents me? It was just this like very heavy, overwhelming feeling of, of like, you know, just a daunting feeling of,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: of how do I bring all of these experiences together that really tells people my story and who I am and how I can like help them or Mm -hmm. enhance their lives or engage people at their event or whatever it is. And it came, it really just. I think st- stared me in the face when we were all quarantined, and uh-huh. I was spending a lot of time <laughs> reflecting, looking at you. <laughs> right. And I'm sitting in my apartment by myself for not just weekdays, but weekends and nights and all the things. And I finally said to myself, I can't take any more brain power thinking about this. It's time for me to execute. I have enough yes. here. Yes. I have enough here in front of me that I can pull the trigger and get out what I have. And someone's got to help me because I can't, I had to admit to myself, I can't do this. If I, and it's not that I physically can't build a website because I've done it before, but it was for me, I think it was too personal. Mm. to where I could not make a decision. Like if I made you a website, Dan, I mean, I could do it. It took me a couple hours, but I could put something together. You know, I've done it for other people. I've done it for like their books or whatever. And I knew that it was just too personal. And it was like, I am not good with pulling the trigger when it comes to me because I want everything out there and I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. So Well, you're
0: also you're doing something that you're basically set up for failures. Like, how do you take yourself, Alicia, a multidimensional complex being with years of experience and stories and turn into a one dimensional scrollable, like a click through thing like that's that you're setting yourself up for failure. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. the expectations, I bet, were mounting and mounting while the website was languishing and languishing. Yes. I mean, that's 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 tough. Like, that's. And I'm so glad, you know, you were able to figure out what to do with it. And so tell me about the catalyst. So you sat in that cafe, you you were thinking about this, you, you said this isn't going to work. How did you get then started into action?
1: Ooh, that's such a good question. You know, it's one thing that I did. I should probably go back to doing this because it was such a huge transition for me to work remotely and by Mm -hmm. myself all the time is I made a big flip chart that I had in the middle of my workspace and it had divided up into columns. It was days of the week and, um, no, it wasn't days of the week. That's not true. It was one flip chart per day and I had sticky notes and the flip chart was divided up between different activities. So work activities, brain breaks, side hustle, exercise, all the things. And then it was like every hour increment. Mm -hmm. And every day at the end of the day, I would take sticky notes, I'd chop them up into little pieces. And I would put in when I am going to do what for the day, like even when I would take a break for my dog to walk my dog, what time of the day I would work out. And I said, you know, in one column, that was like my business stuff, like my side hustle, future business, whatever. It was like, listed all the things on sticky notes that I wanted to do. It's like, this is a lot of stuff. Where Mm -hmm. can I fit this piece in today? Where can I fit this piece in? Maybe this piece is going to take a whole week. So I'm going to put it in here today and here tomorrow.
0: So you basically made a Kanban board for your life. You organized it like a scrub master of... Figuring out how challenging the the story points were and mm-hmm. allocating your resources and it is very command and control, which is awesome because life can sometimes feel like it spirals out of control.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's right. And you know what? At some point, I'm not sure when I took that flip chart down. I think when, when this became more, this environment that we're in became more normal And I was sick of like having, I mean, I live in a small apartment, having a flip chart in the middle of my living room all the time. Um, (laughs) I think that I decided I would take it down. And I was, it was kind of like, I was used to it every day. Like I'm used to looking at my calendar and saying, here I go. Um, But I think the difference is, When I had that flip chart, I was able to see physically all the other things that I want to do that are not part of my, you know, my quote unquote nine to five, Mm -hmm. five, you know, um, that I need to, that I want to fit in to make sure that I am continuing to move along in my, in my solopreneur journey that I hope to do. And I don't want, you know, to, to my thorn, the point of my thorn today, I don't want another three months to go by another year, another two years and not have myself set up for really taking that leap into a true solopreneur life.
0: So are you ready to put that, that flip chart back up in your, in your place?
1: Yeah, I totally am. And I think it's evolved. It's not so much that I'm going to have like all my work stuff because to put all of my work stuff on a flip chart every Mm -hmm. day is a little much. But -hmm. I think even putting it on my Outlook calendar for work at the beginning of every week saying, where do I have holes in my week Mm -hmm. where I can pop in 30 minutes to work on a blog or 30 minutes to, you know, prospect or whatever it is.
0: I love how you, you know, you're using these techniques that I'm sure you're probably teaching the people that you mentor and coach, but you're applying it to yourself, which I have um, similarly felt the, um, the humble, like tasting the humble pie of, oh yeah, this thing I recommend for others. It applies to me too. Like Mm -hmm. that. And it's useful. I mean, I've been using my planner, my quarterly planner every single day. And I want to say, It is work, but it does provide a little extra bit of clarity every single day.
1: Yeah. I think if we don't practice what we preach, then who are we to help other people, you know, overcome some of the challenges that they're experiencing? Right. Amen.
0: That's why we're here. That's why we're failing out loud. Let's fail Fail out loud
1: loud with us.
0: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Well, in anticipation of this live podcast uh, recording, I decided to also take some of my own medicine and take something that I have been really dithering on to complete. And I just put it out on the interwebs today. And I was just like, here's my ugly baby. Tell me if you like it. (laughs) So that was a, that was a little bit of this, the heebie-jeebies there. Um, Well,
1: let's hear about it.
0: So, you know, I, I like building out online course content because you know, I have a background in doing instructional design and I like setting up my little movie set and my little camera on my lights and, and like wave in front of a camera and stuff. Uh-huh. So I sat down um, about a month ago now and shot a ton of video. And then I said, well, I need to shoot more video so that the whole course looks good. And I never got around to shooting that next round of video. And that was my excuse for not working on the stuff I'd already shot. I, I like had all the video. I had all the audio. I knew roughly how it was going to go together. It's too worried about it not being good enough. That Why start? Because it's not efficient to start when I don't have all the video done. But Dan, that was a month ago. You ain't going to get that video done. Just make what you got and make it. So right. That's what I started this week. I made the intro video to my second on-demand course on how to be flipping creative around employee engagement programming, and I'm pretty proud of the thing. Like, I feel really good that I made. It. I was like, "This is good." Like, I don't need more video cut. Like, this is a good intro. Yeah. So I got that intro done, and it feels it feels good that it's done. And now I'm just hoping Amazing. someone's like, "Damn, this stinks." So then someone can, so I can be inspired to be like, "Well, let me make it better."
1: Yeah wow but have you gotten any feedback yet
0: not yet
1: but you just i just kind of today. like
0: mm-hmm. shouted it from the mountaintops i haven't uh-huh. really gone to somebody and i have some people that i, I usually reflect with on fridays so uh-huh. i'm excited to sit down with my accountability buddies and say hey what do you think of my ugly baby and they'll tell me what they really think and they've got some video background so i'm expecting them to give me some critical feedback kate and rebecca if you're watching this right now <laughs> i expect critical feedback on friday um so that's that's one thing but you know i think alicia you know that I, in another life also known as about 10 years ago i used to write music mm-hmm. and that was every single time i sat down to write music was an exercise of it not being right mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: that that was a time and there's one one example and i was thinking of it today there was an acapella arrangement so i used to be a big acapella nerd you can maybe find my videos on youtube if you search hard enough um and there was this one song that i wanted to do for my solo and i was also the music director of the the acapella group at the time so i kind of had undue influence and i said everybody we're going to do this thing and they were kind of okay with it and even though they said dan we don't know if that's the right song for you i was like i don't care i like it i'm gonna do it so i regret that a little bit. um so I picked the song and I made the arrangement and I spent forever making it. And I made it the most complicated dang acapella arrangement because I was so worried about getting it right. Mm-hmm. Like it needed to be like sparkling, and it needed to be effervescent. And I needed to be effervescent too because it was my solo. And so I spent so long working on it that I didn't get enough feedback from the people in the group as to is this good? Does this work? Can you actually sing this thing? And, you know, when that whole thing ended in terms of teaching them the song and then going out to perform it, we performed that song the least. I had the least mm-hmm. chance to do solo, to do my solo, because it was so hard and none of the group was feeling confident enough to get up on stage and perform it. Yeah. So it's almost yeah. like a two-level failure of I didn't, I was too worried about it being perfect. And they were too worried about nailing it. And mm-hmm. so we performed it maybe like four or five times total over the, the life that we had it in the, in the repertoire. Yeah. So I, uh, I regret that and I actually was trying to dig around and try and find the recording of it and I haven't found it yet, but if I do, I'll post it out on the Facebook page and maybe I'll tag it at the end of this episode. Um, but I got to find it first.
1: Wow. Well, you live and you learn, you know, I mean, what did you learn from that?
0: Well, certainly don't bully people into your vision because <laughs> it's probably not going to work. <laughs> um, I think I learned a lot that getting more feedback when you're doing something creative is inclusive and it's good, especially when you're doing something like acapella, which you really depend upon the team to be able to pull it off. I think I learned a lot about my own kind of decision-making process. I kind of like set my mind and I thought I was right. So I just did it Mm -hmm. and I made everyone else follow along with that. And I think that's been just a constant theme of my life is I get these like righteous, high and mighty opinions of what I should be doing and how it should work. And I don't consider alternatives and I don't consider bringing other people into the conversation. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, the, the should, the shoulds, like, you know, I try really hard to catch myself with the shoulds. And I never want to be a shoulder. You should do this. I should do this. I should be mm-hmm. doing that. Like when you start using the should stop and ask yourself, where is that coming from? Is it because you think that it should be this way or it's, it's right. That's mm-hmm. a trigger word. That's a trigger word.
0: Ooh, when I... you
1: hear, yeah. Well, for me,
0: that was one of our for questions. Me, for when I what? hear the
1: word should, I'm like, what does that mean? Is that because I think that something there's a certain expectation that I'm supposed to meet or that people are supposed to meet or that you know what I'm saying? It's a word that makes me now pause and think, where why do I believe that something should be the way that it should or mm-hmm. I should take a certain action? Took me a while to get to that.
0: That's great. That's that's such an insight of the the should being a trigger word for right, for quote right and like quote right. I think here is is part of that of having some preconceived notion of how things should work out. Like this is the plan. The world you know will follow the law of being right, mm-hmm. and I find in life it does a really good job of proving you wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, something that I have picked up on, I don't know, in the past so long is when for me, and I've had lots of conversations about this with you is (laughs) what should I be doing next? What is the next right step? Mm -hmm. What, What should I do about my business? What should I do about my job? It's kind of like, you should do whatever you should do. Like there is no right next step. There is the next step. You said that to me actually. And I'm like, you know what? You're exactly right. There is no prescribed path for anyone. Mm-hmm. It's really about following the energy. What's what's What are you getting feedback on that feels good and right? And how are you helping impact Mm -hmm. others that you're serving you know it's not what you should do it's what feels like the right thing that you that you're doing you know what what are people receiving well and what are you enjoying
0: not to make this too abstract but as a guy who loves making things a little abstract um i think the shoulds i think the society that we live in and the cultures that we inhabit and the communities that we live in, they do prescribe some shoulds, you know, you should do this. You should pay your taxes. You should respect your elders. Like there's these rules that are written into these social fabrics that we live in. And it's so easy to take those social fabric shoulds and make them internal shoulds. Mm -hmm. And then whenever you try and do something, you're now measuring yourself on your ability to match the shoulds. And you're, yeah. it's, it's possible to fail. And that's yes. super duper scary is that you're going to fail on what everybody around you, everyone in your country, everyone in your social group thinks is good. And it keeps you from taking any action at all.
1: I completely agree. And When you said that, it made me think of this one particular time, a memory, um, when a family member who I will not name On this podcast um (laughs) she was telling me this was several years ago well you should be saving up to buy i think i was probably telling her about a place i was going to travel like oh yeah i'm going to like costa rica next month or something Mm -hmm. and she said well you should be married right now and you should be saving up for a house and you should be like having a family and i'm like who says who said that like who made up that rule i'm sorry that i'm not Right, whatever happened to like not doing that? We also have to remember, for listeners who don't know my background, I am from Louisiana, I'm from the South, and people, you know, a lot of people from where I'm from have never like left. Where, you know, they've never left, and so they have a very limited view of the world. And so, in their head and their mind, the shoulds are so ingrained because they have no other perspective of Mm -hmm. what life can be like, what other options are available to them. And so, um, you know, fortunately and unfortunately for me, I was shitted a lot and um, into like more of the society piece of it. So the Mm -hmm. idea of me starting a business or moving or traveling as a single woman is, um, is kind of like against the grain, you know? which kind of worked out for me a little bit because I'm like, well, there's no expectation here at all. So if I fail, it's fine, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that confidence is not, not, not something to sneeze at is if you, if you leave kind of the enclave and get out of the cave, you go walk out into this big, scary world. You don't know these unwritten rules of what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the people, some people bring really bravery simply because they come from somewhere else and go somewhere new. I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of like in, you know, business speak, that's why new hires are super duper valuable because they show up and they haven't internalized the internal corporate rules of what you can and can't do and who you can talk to and what questions can you ask. Really? And yes. I think, you know, organizations that kind of torpedo people who challenge the shoulds really should re- reconsider that because if they're asking, you know, if they're breaking these shoulds, perhaps the shoulds never should have been there.
1: <laughs> okay. I am loving this little alliteration thing we have going on. And yes, I love the the point that you brought about, about new hires is the value that they bring. They in that form, but essentially a fresh perspective on something is so valuable. So, Like you said earlier, getting feedback from your acapella group, like asking people, putting your ugly baby out there and asking for feedback will give you so much value Mm -hmm. as opposed to keeping it all inside and, and trying to put some lipstick on it and, and like, you know, pretty it up with the bonnet or whatever. It's like, no, it's an ugly baby and it won't be better until you, you know you fail a little bit and maybe get the ugly truth. Um, Speaking of, can I say this one thing? You sure can friend. About um, the name of our podcast. Can I say something about that? Yeah, this is
0: actually really germane to the conversation. Go for it. Okay.
1: So last week I was some, I was feeling inspired and Dan and I had been talking a little bit about changing the name of our podcast because You know, the year, even though the 2020 perspective, it has nothing to do with the year 2020, just it, it, you know, it comes up because the year 2020 sucked for a lot of people so bad and was really, um, You know, obviously a stamp in time of Mm -hmm. this is a year to remember and not for good things. And so we were just thinking, you know, maybe we need to have something that explains more about what we actually do about failure and and learning from it. And so I just put out into some of my social media, um, you know, outlets about what should we change our name to? And I was a little nervous about it. I was texting Dan about 15 million times and I was afraid to open up the can of worms, but you know what? Thank you to everyone who responded. I mean, we got so many responses. People voted on the two names that we put out there. And then Mm -hmm. I also had a question where I opened it up and so many people gave us name options and they were really good. And, um, I mean some of them were kind of bad, but a lot of them were really good. You and so good I wanted to just True. And so I just wanted to say, "A, thank you for those who responded, and we're still open to talking more about it and getting more options." But B, it was kind of like, you know, we're opening up ourselves for failure and and vulnerability and and without just opening that door and putting it out there, I think we just talking to each other would not have been open to all the rich ideas and perspectives that other people have that Mm -hmm. can then help us generate even more good juice for, uh, for the podcast and for, you know, our other ventures.
0: And so I want to encourage anyone who's either watching this Facebook live now or, or listening to the podcast recording, uh, is to email us your name suggestions, either drop it onto Facebook and let us know what you think we should rename this 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 thing that we've created um uh email us at hello at the 2020 perspective.com which you know looking back this might it's prov- it might be like retconning the actual version of this episode <laughs> at some point when you know a year from now we have a new title and we have to come back here and just kind of like re-edit this episode but that's a tomorrow <laughs> problem let's get it out there let's get it done so if you have any suggestions please do let us know yes Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Call to action. Um, Okay. So I got one more question for you. And then um, I want to offer up our our call to action for everyone for this episode. So, you know, I I was curious. Let's assume that we're wrong. All right. You know, is there a time where right actually trumps things getting done? So when is it more important to stick the landing than it is to get something done, get feedback, iterate, et cetera?
1: I, um, I'm trying to think of a specific time or memory or thought, and I'm sure one will come to mind, but just in general, a, a time when I think getting it right trumps getting it done is in a medical emergency. <laughs> or in the medical field, like I definitely, if I'm a patient, I definitely want it to be right, as opposed to going like a cheaper route or just stitch me up because I'm like, my guts are everywhere. Like, no, I want it done right. Because I don't want to have to come back and redo this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the only thing I can think of in general right now. Let me think for a second, getting something right.
0: Because what I was I you? was you know, I was thinking of this question. I I, yeah. I have an example. So have? again, in another life, and this was more like five, six years ago, I was in student affairs at in higher ed. And in student affairs, I was living in the residence halls, breaking up parties for a living, telling people to make good decisions. And an important part in the higher education scheme is paperwork. And paperwork such as I am walking my rounds on a Saturday night, I hear a party in an underage room, I knock, I document the situation. That documenting the situation needs to be right because it's an act that puts people's names on a list and then they have to go through a process to figure out what happened and how do we make it right and how do we teach them along the way. And let me tell you, you bring the wrong people or you don't get the everyone in the room to give you their ID cards and really identify you are the person, you put someone else through a world of hurt. You know, there's so many times where I would break up a party and someone would be like, oh, here's my student ID, but it's absolutely not them. But I didn't quite put that together. And I yanked someone in, you know, the next day saying, hey, you're at the party, you know, you're in trouble. And they were like, no, I wasn't. And I was like, yeah, you were. I have your ID card. And, you know, they got dicey. So getting it right meant someone's justice in a way mm-hmm. in making mm-hmm. sure that, you know, the rights were wronged and that the right situation was addressed in a way that was equitable and fair to all the parties involved while still like moving things forward in the system. And in higher ed, you know, breaking up a party could go very much underneath the radar. But on a macro perspective, knowing that this dorm room has parties every weekend, if I don't have reliable paperwork, the organization can't make smarter decisions long term. Mm. And so getting that paperwork right and being consistent mattered in the big picture.
1: Yeah, that's a really good example. Also, I would definitely be the person throwing or attending the parties. And <laughs> I would like to think that I'm an honest person. I would give you my my real ID card, but I would definitely mm-hmm. be partaking in the festivities. I'll just say that right there, Dan.
0: Well, so. in, if I was back in college, I'd be the one holding the party, but instead we're, it's book club. And we're getting <laughs> really excited about this book that we're reading. And so, yeah, because I was a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Still. Am. Um okay.
1: Oh, I love that. Um, getting it right versus getting it done. I mean, this I don't know if this totally applies to this, might be a really stupid example, but it go to personal stuff, and I will say Go like getting it right, like finding the right person, like the right partner, oh, you know, that's true. Um, yeah. Then just like, like, let's say you really want to have a family or you really want to be married. Well, like you can go out and do that. You can, you know, get a baby. You can like just,
0: just find one.
1: someone a will He's a willing participant. But that I park. think, right. I think like really. Finding the right person, not even finding the right person, allowing the right person to come into your life means that you got to kiss some frogs and you have to be really clear on how it is that you want to feel. Just like when we were talking earlier about the shoulds, Mm. like, you know, asking yourself, why do I, why am I saying should in this instance, like, you know, being really clear on what it is that you want, that you, how you want to feel and what it is that you're trying to achieve, you know?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, because it's easy to check a box and be like, Oh, I like this person. They're nice and they're Mm -hmm. fun. Um, but is it really how you want to feel? Is it the right person for life? You know? Mm -hmm. So that's just a personal example.
0: No, that's, that's great. And it makes me think of the episode we had with, uh, Lisa, the love coach Mm
1: -hmm. who
0: basically has built a, a a business around helping people find that, that, that right person out there rather than just get it done. And her Facebook lives are fire, but that's just saying.
1: She is good at what she does. She helped me tremendously. I mean, she helped me get really clear on what it is that I wanted and how, not just what I want, like tall, dark, and handsome, yay, but like how I want to feel, you know? Like I know who I am, but how do I want to feel when I'm Mm -hmm. with a, you know, a partner? So, yeah. Go back, listen to that episode if you haven't already because she is... A entertaining and hilarious and B also helpful for you know what it is that you're looking to solve for in your failures. Like yeah, how do you move forward from your your work setbacks or your relationship setbacks? It applies across the board.
0: Yeah. So Lisa the Love Coach, it's season two, the the last episode of, of season two. It's a it's a juicy one. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Good one. Um okay, cool. This is fun. This was not as scary as it needed to be, right?
1: This is so fun.
0: It's just like we're hanging out, chatting, schmoozing, whatever. It's podcast. <laughs> Um, So one of the things that, you know, when we were talking about putting on this episode is, you know, what's something that you can do walking out of this? And we wanted to give a, another plug for our 30-day question challenge. That 30-day question challenge was a chance to take some of those big scaries, some of those big dreams, and kind of push and poke on it a little bit day by day. And not be afraid of of what the right answer could be because every day you'll get a fresh new question and then you can kind of process through it. So you can download that that ebook at bit.ly 30 days of questions. That's three zero days of questions. You could download that and go to town, talk to yourself, uh, record yourself. I would love to hear what kind of stories you're telling yourself um, and since we're doing these Facebook lives, maybe you could come join us. So if you, if you dig this, if you wanna share your failures live, email us at hello at the 2020perspective.com.
1: We would love to help you. We're coaches, that's what we do. Yeah, so we can come, if coach- you don't know what you learned, how your perspective changed from your uh, from your failure, if you're in the midst of your failure, or your setback, Um, Dan and I can coach you through it and talk about, you know, what does this mean? How can you use this to move forward? How can you move forward? What does does it all mean? (laughs) The 30 day question challenge, just a quick, a little bit of context on that if you are not familiar with it. The birth of the 30 day question challenge happened when I was being coached by, um, another person that i had met that was very helpful. And I had all these shoulds on my to-do list, all the shoulds. I should be writing my book. I should be writing my blog. And at the time I was just starting my job and I'd moved to new town. This is right before the pandemic mm-hmm. and I was burnt out. I should not be doing in those things. So I created a stop doing list. And Love in it. my Love new, it. yeah. Stop doing all the things that were basically the shoulds. And so what came out of that is in my commute time, um, I was working with Dan on these 30 questions. So he was a me one question every day. I'd record myself with my phone on my commute, answering the question, no pre-thinking, no plan, just letting my thoughts just kind of come out. And, um, And then listening back to all the recordings gave me and just the process of it, gave me a lot of clarity on, you know, there's some patterns in here and there's some things I should be paying attention to. And it really helped me.
0: Yeah. So, and it was fun for me too, because I was going on a trip to Israel and going through the, the birthright ride. And let me tell you, there was a lot of like thoughts swirling around. And so the questions gave me some anchor points to kind of like answer some of these feelings that were like a little inside. (laughs) It's a technical term.
1: Yes. Yes. Trademark that.
0: I Um, will. All right. You feel good about this?
1: So fun. Yes, this is fun. This is great to chat. And I like, um, I, I hope that this topic of getting things done instead of getting it right was really relatable to people and we'd really love to hear about what are some of the things that you have been trying to just get right and you've decided or you are hoping to just get it done and um, we'd love to hear about what that process is like for you and what you're doing about yeah. it
0: bring us into your conversations mm-hmm. we'll talk yeah. with you it'll be fun okay let's do this again how about that two weeks two weeks Thursdays. let's do it again two weeks
1: meet here Bring your questions, bring your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you guys.
0: Thanks to No BS Brass Band for the and show music. Check them out at nobsbrass.com. And if you want to join any of our live shows, follow us on Facebook at the 2020 Perspective. That's 20 slash 20 Perspective. As always, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you can get the latest failures delivered right to your ears. And may your failures be spectacular.